2: you're listening to the writer than you podcast all right good morning happy tuesday welcome into the show bill Ryder with you here on cbs sports radio we'll be at radio row tomorrow still in la today a lot of things done back and let's uh let's get with our guy steve Burlein, longtime former nfl quarterback nfl analyst joins us now on the show steve good morning hey bill what do you say man Life is good, man. I'm, you know what? I mean, I always look forward to the Super Bowl, but I am particularly jazzed about this particular showdown, and I'm trying to hold on to my sense of awe and not take for granted how good and how regular the greatness of the Chiefs have, have, has been. Are, can you just put in perspective for us how hard it is to make three Super Bowls in five years, five consecutive AFC championship games, all the things Kansas City has, has done since Mahomes became the starter?
3: Well, you you just look at how many times or how few times it's happened in, in the history of the NFL. I mean, there there are very few uh, situations I can think of that um, you know that would would be able to rival that as far as consistency. You know, you look at what what Brady and Belichick and the, and the Patriots did over the course of their tenure um and you the only other one i can think of or there's a few that i can think of but you know the cowboys winning three super bowls in four years um in in the early 90s i was on that first team um and you know buffalo at that same time going to four consecutive super bowls um not winning any of them but um the the the, the rarity of that kind of a, a run happening getting to that you know that level the the uh the ultimate game of that many consecutive times is or that many times in a in a four or five year period is is very rare and, and uh I, I think people maybe take that for granted and and, and just kinda of brush it aside. Um it's it's an incredible job by that Kansas City Chiefs organization led by Andy Reid and, and uh, Patrick Mahomes. That's there's those are the 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 people you really gotta single out for for making that happen and having that kind
2: of consistency. Uh, and Steve, just if if anyone needed a reminder of how incredibly talented and dangerous Mahomes is, they got it this year with, with no Tyree kill. Obviously, Tyree gets traded to the Dolphins, and the Chiefs offense hardly misses a beat. Obviously, we are here talking about them again in the Super Bowl. Trying to find a quarterback that's just a, a, a serviceable or, or better-than-serviceable quarterback in the NFL is a really hard thing to do drafting guys, figuring out who they are, trying to ease them into the league properly. When you look at Mahomes and, and the fact that he was highly coveted in the NFL draft he came out in, but not the first quarterback taken, and the fact that he played well in college but wasn't a, an all-world beater, Right, no one said this guy could be the greatest QB of all time, is there a lesson in how to go about finding these guys? Is there more credit or less credit that goes to Andy Reid versus Patrick Mahomes, or is it simply Steve Berlin the case of, this guy's once in a generation, and the Chiefs were lucky enough to to nab him.
3: You know, I don't think I don't think there's any way to um, to really put your finger on why it happened happens the way it does in some of these situations. Um, they're very rare, as we as we all know. I mean, there's there's probably m- maybe ten teams in the NFL that that believe that uh, they they don't. Have any problem at quarterback that would that would keep their situation the way that it is, and that are <clears throat> excuse me that are happy with the guy that they have? But there's there's at least twenty other teams, uh, maybe more that that would love to upgrade the quarterback position. I mean, that just tells you how hard it is to find that true franchise guy that a team really feels very very good about. And uh, to do what Mahomes is doing, you know the the uh, the, the the current. I think an example maybe from another sport is when you talk about a guy like LeBron James and what he's about to do tonight or tomorrow whenever he breaks that record. You know, you look at the the performance and consistency throughout his career of what he's done uh, in the NBA and the great things that he did. Well, you you correlate that to the NFL, and what Patrick Mahomes is doing uh, has done already in a very, very, short period of time as a starting quarterback in the NFL, it rivals anything that's ever been done uh, in in professional sports. And the key is, is can he stay healthy? Can he keep it going? Can he keep that drive and that passion? What happens when Andy Reid decides to step down? Uh, You know, you don't know all these variables, how they're going to work out, but uh, the start that he's had to his career is obviously uh, second to none. And, uh, you, you just sit there, and, and you, you got to try to pinch yourself or remind yourself that it's very unique and very rare what's going on right now in Kansas City.
2: Talking to Steve Berline here on, on CBS Sports Radio. Steve, obviously Jalen Hurts has been sensational for Philadelphia. They have found a quarterback who has literally led them to a Super Bowl, and, and ownership has come out and said uh, there's nothing left, to prove in terms of him getting an extension that he's the quarterback of the future, there. Obviously, that is the case. They found a guy. And I'm not picking on Jalen Hurts, but I just, it is easy sometimes, right, to, to get caught up in the moment. We've seen guys make Super Bowls and their careers not go the way that they anticipated in that week. And not to pick on Jared Goff because he was, I thought, great in Detroit this past year, but he's obviously not still in Los Angeles. When you look at, at Jalen Hurts and the hope that he is a finished product capable of doing this year after year after year. What do you see, not just now, but but, but long-term for him?
3: Well, I, I see a guy that potentially uh, can be a, a, a great quarterback for, for many years. Um, you know, we've, this is the first time we've seen him make it this far. Uh, his style of play, as we know, is, is going to be a challenge keeping him healthy and keeping him on the field. And um, I thought that the, the Eagles did a great job. The coach did a great job. Sirianni. Uh, you know, not forcing the issue and, and uh, allowing him to to miss a few games because of the situation they were in late in the season and allowing him to kind of heal up a little bit and not get more beat up as the season came to a close. I think that's paying off for them now. Uh, and, and the fact that, you know, the way that that game went against, um, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, the, the way the AFC Championship went against uh, the 49ers, You know where he didn't get beat up, and now he's got the extra week off to be as healthy as he's probably been uh, at any point uh, after the fourth or fifth game of the season uh, is is a great advantage or a great benefit to the Philadelphia Eagles. But I think, as far as Jalen Hurts is concerned, you know that it's going to show itself over time. I don't think he's a quarterback that's ever going to be one of the top passers, yardage wise or touchdown wise, in the NFL. Uh, and he's, and he 's never going to be you know a guy whose statistics are going to jump out at you other than you know he 's going to have some incredible athletic days at least through the first six, seven years of his career running the football and he put those dual threat numbers up, which is what makes him so unique but uh, the way the Philadelphia Eagles are built, how good that team is all the way around offensively and defensively i don 't think they need him to put up huge statistics to be an incredible. Uh, impact player in a football game with with his ability to push the ball up the field, make plays in the passing game. And, of course, if you don't respect his running, he can make you pay the price very quickly as well. But you know, the question is how many years will he be able to play that way and be that effective uh, with both running the football and throwing the football? Only time will tell. Steve Berline, who, who do you like in Super Bowl 57? You know, my gut is telling me, uh, I, I think the Eagles. I, I really. I uh, this is not the common popular belief. I know, uh, but I really think that the fact that Mahomes, even though he's got the extra week and he's going to be more healthy, most likely going into this game than he was the AFC Championship. I, I just think that his mobility, lack of mobility, is going to be a little bit more of a factor when you're talking about a defense uh, like the Philadelphia Eagles. Even though the Niners, obviously were every bit as good defensively. They had the turnovers and the the uh, impact game-changing type of plays early in the game that got them way down in that hole and they weren't going to be able to dig their way out of it. I think Philadelphia will play a much cleaner game offensively and they're going to put a lot of pressure on Kansas City to score points. And because of that, uh, the, the focus goes on Mahomes and whether he can be the Sam Patrick Mahomes that he's been you know, to this point, when he's at his very, very best, which he's going to have to be against that defense. So I, I like Philadelphia. Uh, when you consider all of that stuff, I just think their their team is healthier at the right time, and there, there's no really, there's really no no weakness in their team. And I, I think it's going to end up coming out Philadelphia taking control of this game late.
2: Steve, I, I don't know if you saw if you saw this news, but Sean Payton met with the media in his capacity now as the head coach of the Denver Broncos, and he was asked by a reporter about the fact that Russell Wilson has had, and had last season, a private, individual quarterback coach who was not a part of the Broncos' staff in the facility. And Sean Payton's answer was, if I'm summing this up here, I don't know anything about that, but that's not going to happen here. That's not going to be the case. Curious, as a guy who played quarterback in the NFL, who knows the ins and outs of a building in that respect more than most of us, what you make of of QBs who want their own individual coaches as part of their day to day reality at work, and coaches like Sean Payton who are uh, who are less than excited about that?
3: Well, as Sean Payton said in that interview, you know he he's never seen anything like that. He's never been around any kind of a dynamic like that, and and neither have I. And I, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that the Broncos. Uh, despite the fact that they gave away as much as they did and they're paying Russell as much as they're paying him, you you cannot treat your quarterback uh, any differently than anybody else. When it comes to their access to the facility or their, uh, the people, the entourage they can have around you, you just can't do it. And uh, I I really respect the way that, that, that Peyton came out and, uh, made that statement early. Uh, I'm sure he knows a lot more about it than he's letting on. I'm sure he probably got a uh, a very in-depth uh, understanding of what the situation was like with Russell Wilson in last year and probably just evaluating all of that. said, so, you know, no, there's absolutely no way I'm going to allow any of my players at any point in my tenure here to be able to tell me what they want to have Around my facility and how their day is going to be set up, and you know what their coaches who, who we have to accommodate to make this quarterback, you know, feel like he's uh, you know on the level he needs to be on. He's going to do things my way, and if he's not going to do it my way, then we're not going to have a, a really rosy relationship. And I, I'm not surprised at all that Sean Payton's putting his foot down on that one for sure.
2: Steve Berline, last one for you quarterbacks are in high demand obviously and guys that folks around the league think can be successful are highly coveted Derek Carr is not going to be a Raider Raider he's going to have some choices if if you're giving him advice if you're sort of looking out at what's out there what is the right fit that makes sense for for him if you're given if you're given if you're pointing the direction for him
3: well I think there's a few really good fits and I'm really excited for Derek Carr I think this could be uh, one of those great stories where he gets to rejuvenate himself late in his career and, and reestablish himself as a guy that, you know, maybe just never was in the right situation uh through the first, um you know, the majority of his career. But I think a, a, there are three places that really jump out to me as perfect fits, maybe even four. Um I could see it happening in Indianapolis, but I don't think, say and I don't think the the, the way this thing is going to go, they're, they're going to make that move again, bringing in an older quarterback, try to finish it out for them, get them over the top. But I, I love the New York Jets, number one. Obviously, everybody's talking about that as a fit for whoever, uh, the whether it's Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr. I think they both probably put that team as their number one choice, going to New York with that young talent, on both sides of the ball, spectacular. But the other two teams, that I think would be a fit would be the New Orleans Saints and also the Washington Commanders. I think those are the three teams that, that if you look at the talent they have, both sides of the ball, they're young, uh, they're just looking for a guy to come in and play at a decent level at the quarterback position to give that team a chance to really go deep in the playoffs, I believe. Those are three teams that could do it with consistent quarterback play.
2: Steve Berline, as always, man. Love having you on. Uh, appreciate you. It's going to be a really exciting week, and in, in the build-up to a really exciting game. Thank you, as always, for for jumping on, being on, and and talking some some football with us.
3: Hey, and Bill, I just let you know if you see me hanging out at number sixteen at the Phoenix Open this week, off the tee box there. Uh, hopefully, I won't do anything uh, to embarrass myself, but I'm going to be out there right in the middle of all that. So, oh, go get him, Steve! Well this week, can yeah. put up a number, <laughs> buddy? Yeah, baby, it it'll be fun.
2: fun. Thank you, dude. <laughs> All right, we'll see you. All right, pal. Steve Burline, gonna put a number up there. I wouldn't bet against Steve Berline. I've uh, I've been out golfing with some some professional athletes in my day, Tom. And let me tell you something: they're better than we are at everything. <laughs> I am at a life. terrible <laughs> golfer. So I'm not a great golfer. Do you want to do this stupid name? You don't have, if you want to name drop, you can. I think I name dropped him yesterday. But I was out golfing once with – who was I out with? I was golfing with Alonzo Mourning, who I didn't know. And I got to write – yeah. And Jim Jackson. And these guys are, like, putting up 82s and 81s. And I'm, you know – I don't know. I was 112 in this thing. I'm not sure what. And we were – it was a tough course, man. And I, I couldn't hit it. My, and I, I got rental clubs. I'm left-handed, so I got rental clubs. I got, you know, the only lefty bag they got. And Jim Jackson, who's not even left-handed, comes out. like, hey, let me, let me give you some advice. I'm like, okay, man, whatever. And he's like the golf whisperer. And he, I don't remember. He told me to do something. And for the rest of the round and the rest of the week, every 8-iron I hit, like, boom, pin high. These guys are amazing.
4: <laughs> I put up an 82 on the front nine. Like, I, yeah. I have no business being out there.
2: I once went to do a story. You want to name drop this again? I went to write a story on Marty Schottenheimer when I worked at the Kansas City Star. He was no longer even the Chargers coach. It was like a catch up with him. So I flew to Charlotte, and and Marty, such a nice guy. And and Marty's like, let's go golfing. And it was some course designed by a pro, and pros lived in the complex, and the greens were ice. And I look back then. I could shoot. I could shoot in the nineties, right? I could actually shoot in the nineties. I used to be okay. If things went well, right? I was an 88 to kind of 110 kind of guy. And I love Marty, God rest his soul. Great, great human being. But Marty would just couldn't stop coaching me and talking during my backswing and adjusting my, and like, you know, do this, do that. And like, I'm like, no, I'm good. He's like, no, no, and come over and crouch down and make me change my grip. And I think literally on, on nine holes, I had the scorecard for a while. I think I shot like 111. <laughs> and he wasn't golfing. He just wanted to coach me. He wasn't golfing at all. No. And then I went uh, golf. Name dropped that thing again. I went golfing with Isaiah Thomas once, the Piston, and was in the zone. And was uh, I was a stroke ahead of him through four holes. And he started like emotionally and mentally destroying me until I fell apart. Then we were friends again. People, are, these guys are crazy when they golf, man. Oh, I was texting my buddy Reed Forgrave during the Schottenheimer thing. Like dude, it's whole four. I don't know what to do. It's falling apart. And he wrote back, "Swing harder." Thanks, man. That was <laughs> oh, so bad. Great advice. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Reed. All right, um, how's buy or sell today? What, what we um, we what, what we got cooking?
4: Can we go with a jammed pack Tuesday edition of buy or sell?
2: That you from from your lips to God's ears in the airwaves of CBS Sports Radio. Next year on CBS Sports Radio.
0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply.
2: You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. This is not hyperbole. Eric Bogus is my favorite person on the face of the earth. Almost as, well, second to Andrew. For the first time in the history of everything, stream the Super Bowl for free. Super Bowl 57 on Westwood 1 is Sunday, February 12th, just a few days away. Catch all the action. On the Odyssey app, on WestwoodOneSports.com, via Westwood One Station stream or by asking Alexa, "Hey Alexa, open Westwood One Sports." It's all sponsored by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your check engine light for free, and you get back on the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Do you guys have an Alexa? Uh, uh,
4: yes, at our home we do. The
2: D-cell household has an Alexa.
1: Mm, we're a Google family, so we've got Google like uh, speakers at the bogus household.
2: I worry about the rise in the machines pretty significantly, and so we didn't have one for a long time, but we got, my kids each have one. It's amazing and it's terrifying at the same time. <laughs> hey, Alexa, when will the machines take over? It's coming soon. It's actually not what she says. Too late. <laughs> yeah, too late. <laughs> that's, so much, that's so much better. All right, let's, um, let's do some by ourselves. What side will Bill
0: take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You.
4: Bill, let's start off where we always do in the NFL. Yesterday, Wait, over where, on, where do We always start off in the NFL? Like uh, every, What? Every day we start off in the NFL. Oh. NFL question number one. Every I thought you meant day. let's
2: always start off where we do in the NFL. Like there was a, like a specific, like Tampa Bay. <sighs> I couldn't even no, get through the first line bye, of the first I like question. what you're doing. I'm just understanding the terrain. Bye. 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 Yesterday
4: over on FS1, Tom Brady said that he is indeed staying retired and that he won't be in the broadcast booth with Fox until fall of 2024. Then last night, Brady had his former head coach, Bill Belichick, as a guest on a serious XM Let's Go podcast. The greatest player, the greatest career, the great, great person. Uh, It's such an an opportunity and an honor for me to you know, to coach Tom, I guess, I guess it's got in at some point. It, it, it's the greatest one ever. So, congratulations, Tom. Appreciate it. Buy or sell that you think Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are on
2: good terms now. It's interesting because, okay, so I want to explore this together because I had read before I heard the clip that Tom Brady got emotional. And then you told me, D, so your sort of read of this is that he's kind of, you think Brady sounds kind of put out with, with Belichick. I heard it as a little emotional, but it's hard to, it's so brief. He could have been also coughing. Bogus, what's your read on this? Well,
1: the problem in a very specific way is I've only heard that clip from our system and in the system it's labeled as Tom Brady gets emotional as Bill Belichick dot, dot, dot. Now, when I hit play on it for the first time, it wasn't the same amount of emotion that I expected reading the slug in our computer system. Yep. So I probably should have gone back and listened to the extended cut to really get the full extent of the conversation. But I Belichick didn't have to go on that podcast last night. So I think the fact that he was there is proof that both of them matter to each other.
2: I I think I'm not sure you would have gotten a lot more because having listened to most of that interview live yesterday uh, on the 405 in LA, which is a marvelous thing to just, I love it. I love, I love being on the 405 in a parking lot. Um, A lot of it sounds pre-taped. I mean, I'm sure it's genuine, but like it's, it's almost like Peyton Manning's on for a few minutes, and he's talking to Brady, and then they go to an ad, and they come back, and it's somebody else. So I don't know. Some of it's really short, right? It's like a guy calls in, talks for 12 seconds, it feels like. and So that might have been all you had. All right, what is the question? Buy or sell that they're—what's the question?
4: Buy or sell that you think Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are on good terms now?
2: I'm going to do a tentative buy. I think— Buy. Terms of respect— that will grow again into mutual affection. I think it'll be very Shaq and, and Kobe-like, right? I think whatever it is now, it will be very warm and respect-filled 10, 15 years from now.
4: All right, Super Bowl-winning quarterback Trent Dilfer appeared on ESPN's 30 for 30 Bullies of Baltimore documentary on the 2000 Ravens, and, well, he gave this take.
0: Modern-day game does not impress me. It's
2: super easy when you don't get hit as a quarterback, and when you can't reroute receivers and when you can't hit guys across the middle, I love Tom Brady. I love Aaron Rodgers. I love these guys. It's not impressive.
4: Trent Dilfer, not impressed Buy or sell that Dilfer has a point. Sell.
2: Sell.
5: Look, Bogus, I, I
2: do think Trent Dilfer is one of the experts that I've seen in practice be unimpressive. So I don't want to dismiss out of hand you know, Trent, Trenty over here, leaning it. But, like, come on, man. this Doesn't this reek of abject jealousy?
1: A uh, l- little bit. A little bit. You want to tell me that your numbers would be better in today's NFL? I'll oh, listen. The rules are different. The rules are certainly there to promote passing. So Trent Dilfer, who gets, I think, knocked as, like, the worst quarterback to win a Super Bowl. You want to sell me on how much better he would have been in today's setup? Okay, fine. But you can't throw Brady and Rodgers under the unimpressive label it just makes no sense
2: he also he won that super bowl what in 2000 2000 yeah and brady won one a short time later uh, the next he, one yeah i think it was the next one and didn't this guy play to like 05 or 06 or 07 somewhere in that he it's not like he played in the 80s right He He's
1: overlapped with Namath.
2: these guys right give me a break man
4: All right, let's keep it in the NFL here. Let's do that.
2: I like that. That's where we always reside. Let's go back to where we tend to reside. Let's start
1: and finish in the NFL. Let's go crazy Yeah, where we're always
2: at.
4: Brian Flores was reportedly one of three remaining finalists to land the Arizona Cardinals head coaching job. However, yesterday the Vikings announced that they are bringing in Flores to be their new defensive coordinator. Remember, Bill Flores spent last season on Mike Tomlin's staff in Pittsburgh as a senior defensive assistant as well as the linebackers coach after getting fired by Miami, then accusing Dolphins owner Steven Ross of asking him to tank games, and oh, by the way, has an active lawsuit against the NFL. Buy or sell Brian Flores ever being a head coach
2: again in the NFL? You know what? I'm surprised he got this job. Good for him. I'll, 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 I'll buy. I'll tentatively buy. 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 Guys that fail in their first jobs often need that failure and those first jobs to be really successful in their next jobs. And his quote-unquote failure, and he did not handle Tua very successfully, clearly. But the guy won games and obviously was able, at least on the defensive end, to, to know what he was doing. I think not only will he get a chance, it'll take longer because of his lawsuit with the NFL. I think he'll be successful. Well, I think Brian doesn't know what the floor is. We'll know where the floor is next time. Bye. What's wrong, Andrew? Does anyone not know where the floor is? I mean, he didn't. He just kept <laughs> going lower and lower. Where's that pesky floor? Didn't know where it's it was. Still floating. Where's the floor? It's not floating. He just couldn't find it. It's lower and lower. But if you can't find the floor, that means you're levitating. Where's the floor and where's the ceiling is an expression. I understand it.
1: I've never heard that one. That's new to Can me. Can you
2: find your ceiling?
1: That's new to me.
2: I'm combi- This is your ceiling. you got to find it. Get there. I know, but I don't
1: have to Eric. be touching the ceiling. I have to be touching Eric. the floor. <laughs> what do you need, Come
2: Bob, Mister Exactitude? I'm with
1: you on every other one.
2: Come on, we're best
1: friends, and we are still. I'm happy to define all the when you go. What does that mean? I'm happy to type it into the old Google he machine. Know the floor is. and find and I don't. He this one know. This one escapes
2: me. Yeah, it escaped him too. <laughs> like a good floor. I think we should take <laughs> this cue
4: and leave the NFL. What do you say we get to see? Oh, some- we're leaving NFL land? Yeah, I think we need to leave the NFL I see now. you
2: with a rucksack over your back, walking away from NFL land, and-, and Pilgrim's like, do you know how to get to? And you're like, nope. You don't even respond. You just keep going.
1: Nope. No directions. La, 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 Can't hear
4: you. I'm doing that on the next. The next time someone asks me for directions, that's exactly what I'm doing. College football and what, quite frankly, is my new favorite story. New developments yesterday in Brian Ferentz's tenure as Iowa offensive coordinator. Ferentz has signed a new amended contract, bill a fifty thousand dollar pay cut, along with designated performance objectives for the 2023 season that include the Hawkeyes averaging at least 25 points per game and a minimum of seven wins on the season. Now, for reference, because you know I love context, 25 points per game would have put Iowa 85th in the country. So it's not like they're asking him to reinvent the wheel here. But this season, 17.6 points per game put them at 123rd in the country. Now, if all the objectives are met, Ferentz's deal will go back to a two-year rolling deal as it was before. If not, his contract will expire June of 2024. This upcoming year will be his last season. Buy or sell you like Iowa giving Brian Ferentz an objective-based contract.
2: So I like it, I'll buy it, and, and buy. what's always been true in this question of nepotism with his dad, Kirk being the head coach, is, is Brian technically reported into the athletic director and the athletic department as a way to get around this, but no one thought that it would ever mean anything. I think it's the right call. I Also, Kirk Ferentz has clearly leveraged he could leave if they make life hard for his son, if he doesn't meet these requirements, if he is in fact let go. It would be very interesting to see what happens next for Kirk Garnett.
4: I mean, these seem like realistic things. Seven wins. You basically got to be bowl eligible. You're a, a little better than a 500 team. 25 points per game. And as we discussed prior to the show, that includes defensive points scored. A pick six. That, that goes into Brian's total for the year. Iowa has an elite defense. Like, that could really help them. They have to be 85th in the country.
2: Like, they're not asking a lot. I know, but do you do we really think? Do we really think he can? How confident are we that he can actually do that? He's not a good coordinator.
4: They're basically asking asking him to score another touchdown per game off of what he did
2: this year. What is the expression you use in that? I, I I I wanted to hold on to that. What expression did you use in your script? Uh, I
4: think I went reinvent the wheel.
2: Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. How does one reinvent the wheel? What does that mean? You can't reinvent the wheel. Exactly. They don't need him to reinvent the wheel. Just but, stop but being if horrible. you did need someone to reinvent the wheel, you're going to make it a squit. The wheel's the wheel, man. Bogus, you said you would jump in.
1: I, I think that's the point. The wheel is perfect. It can't be improved on. There's nothing to reinvent about it. You're wasting your time trying to reinvent the wheel.
2: But the wheel is perfect. Brian Ferentz isn't. So he actually does sort of have to reinvent his lack of a circular wheel. Well, what
4: I was getting at with that is no. they
2: don't need
4: him to put up 45 points, but he doesn't need to change. They need to score one more touchdown per game. I get it. They're not asking just, a lot.
2: You don't have to reinvent the wheel. No one has to reinvent the wheel. That's like saying you don't have to fly to the sun. Nobody has to fly to the sun. What does that even mean? You don't have to be four people at once. Cool. That's impossible. No.
4: You know, this was my favorite story. I really enjoyed this story because we were hitting it hard on the show. We were covering every detail. You, you're starting to ruin it for no. me.
2: You're starting apologi- to ruin Look, it. I apologize. I won't do it again. You don't have to be 20 feet tall.
4: Thank you. I appreciate that. Because well, it let- doesn't
2: make sense. You see what I did there?
4: Yes. Yes, I got it. I'm picking up what you're putting down. All right. Hoopier than you. Let's get to some basketball here.
2: Oh, no. You're mad now. <laughs>
4: Before the Mavericks <laughs> win last night over the jazz head coach Jason Kidd met the media and he has some lofty goals now that the team traded for Kyrie Irving.
2: On paper it gives us you know scoring um, a champion, an all-star um, you know someone whose uh, basketball uh, IQ basketball IQ is extremely high. And so uh, it, it gives us another weapon uh, to put alongside Luca. We feel that um, getting him is going to help put us in a
3: position to uh, to win a championship.
4: Buy or sell that the Dav- Dallas Mavericks should be the favorites in the West now? Sell. I mean, come on. Sell.
2: I mean, come on. Look, they do have some secret weapons, right? If things go badly, kid can spill water on the floor.
4: Bye. I enjoy that clip so much.
2: It will never get old for me. I just... Do you guys remember when all the stories came out about EQ, emotional intelligence, how important EQ was and connecting with people? Are you guys familiar with the EQ saga? Nope. You're really not? No. Okay, we have an IQ issue in that case. You don't know what EQ is? No, do you, Diesel?
4: Uh, I'm glad Bogus went first uh, because my answer is also no.
2: Okay, this would explain a lot about our personal. It's fine. Let's just move on to the next, to the next topic. No, no,
1: please enlighten us.
2: Kyrie's emotional intelligence is the is a different way of measuring intellect. Rather than assessing your ability to comprehend data and facts, it's your ability to understand people and use that intelligence of human beings to navigate situations. And that's right? EQ. Yeah, emotional intelligence. Remember this? Why wouldn't it be EI? I I don't have the IQ to tell you that. I can only tell you with some of the, some EQ that I think you're wonderful and that this is a great topic, and I don't think Kyrie's got the world. Uh, Jason Gitt, he's got a really high basketball IQ. Maybe, but he has the worst basketball EQ I've ever seen in my entire life. When he figuratively or otherwise sets the locker room on fire, pretty sure it's not going to work out. You guys don't know what EQ... I think you guys are messing with me now. Now you guys are gaslighting No, but I want to find out what my EQ score is. is EQ, emotional intelligence. Intelligence, in the general sense, is the ability to learn new concepts and apply your knowledge to problems. Emotional intelligence is similar. It goes on.
1: So, uh, I mean, I've heard emotional intelligence before. I I did not know it was called EQ, and I did not follow your setup of this whole debate. I... You lost me. Because
2: the Q stands for Quotions, quotient, like right? an IQ. Yeah. Okay,
1: so I, that, I get that. So, But I've never heard the reference to EQ or the way you were presenting it. I don't remember any of those things.
2: Is the ability to understand, use, and manage your own emotions in positive ways to relieve stress, communicate effectively, emphasize with others, overcome challenges, diffuse conflicts, and interact with other people?
4: Can I answer a series of questions like an IQ test to find out what my EQ score is? You don't have to. I'll give it to you after the show. Is that just an exam for me, like personally, or is that for (laughs) everyone?
2: I mean, will you give people directions? No. EQ score, plummeting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) EQ score. Okay. Got it. I'm shocked. Like, you guys, I actually had to Google it. I thought, oh, my God, this is another one of those um, Mandela effects where, like, this thing that existed no longer exists. Wait, are we done?
4: Uh, Yeah, and I actually have an admission to make here. If Bogus would have said yes that he knew what it was, I was gonna play along with it that I knew what it was. <laughs> Since he said he didn't know what it was, I had to confess because you would have asked me,
1: D Cell, what's EQ?
2: Can you just sell that you that's true for you and that you sell. shared it?
1: Why mm-hmm. are you I'll buy it, D Cell. You're gonna lie
2: to the kudos. audience.
1: I
4: did I didn't know if you caught me laughing at you. Like, Bogus didn't know You started laughing. I started laughing because I didn't know what else to do. I had no idea what EQ was. We're honest here on the show. Yeah, we're real. We're (laughs) honest
2: about being liars. (laughs)
1: Sometimes.
2: (laughs) Unbelievable. All right. Well, I'm going to harness what little EQ I have and try to give you some perspective on LeBron James after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Bogus. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Welcome back into the show. Writer Than You here on CBS Sports Radio. Happy Super Bowl week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Thanks for hanging out. Remember, the free Odyssey app has everything you need, all the content you crave, including this show live and the podcast version. By the way, the Defensive Player of the Week is sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union, who proudly serves the Armed Forces, DOD, veterans, and their families, their members, or the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Cavaliers forward. I love this dude. Evan Mobley picked up two steals and two blocks and was a plus 23 last night in Cleveland's blowout win over Washington. That dude is so good. and He's the defensive player of the week, which is sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union. One of these days we should just make you the defensive player of the week and just be like Tom was super defensive. When he <laughs> I was gonna up. say
4: that's the only way it would
2: work. <laughs> you could you look like you'd be like in YMCA basketball, right? Like pick up ball with the guys. You look like you'd be a scrapper. Aggressive,
4: yep. a lot of fouling. Yep, I'm the effort guy. Effort guy. Can't provide much in the way of talent, so I gotta try as hard as I can.
2: I mean, look, relative to people that didn't play college sports, right? On that scale, I wasn't a bad little little basketball player for a stretch. And then I got older and took up tennis again. Because <laughs> I didn't keep spraining my ankle. Great story. On that hoopsy no- and that hoopier-than-you note, let's do basketball.
0: Bill Ryder has the NBA takes you need to hear.
2: This is Bass...
0: Hit
2: Love it or hate it, accept it or not, prepare yourself. LeBron James will be the greatest player in the history of the sport tonight or Thursday night when he breaks Kareem's record. It's done. The debate will continue, but the truth will be will be will be finished. History doesn't remember the details. People aren't gonna look back and remember some of his failed finals attempts or coming up on a stage and having The uh, audacity to say not five, not six, not seven. What they're going to see is a guy in LeBron James with multiple rings. The most points in the history of the sport. At least the fourth most assists in the history of the sport. A career in which he brought a championship to a place like Cleveland, Ohio. From an emotional and historical perspective, that seemed almost impossible for him and that city. I love Jordan. I'm a child of Jordan. I grew up... Back and forth between Dubuque, Iowa, two and a half hours west-ish of Chicago, and the Chicago suburbs of Aurora and Naperville, he is to me probably the seminal athlete of my life. But he's been passed. He has been, and whether that's because history doesn't remember, and it also tends to move away from greats because our memory of these guys gets replaced by video highlights and aren't the same thing. I didn't see Kareem, so I can speak to his excellence but not understand it. The same is going to happen with Jordan. LeBron James is the greatest player in the history of the sport. The moment he scores 36 more points, it's coming. It's a fact. It's the deal, whether any of us like it or not. And that
3: was Bass Kid Bill.
2: I think the more interesting debate, Tom, is not going to be Jordan versus Michael. I mean, that's over. I think it's going to be where does Stephen Curry fit in the history of the game when it's all said and done. Has as many rings as LeBron, four. Has, what, two MVPs. Now has a Finals MVP. Is the greatest teammate, and a, a buddy of mine made this point. Aaron Larsoul made a point this point to me the other day. Aaron, Aaron um, does a Lakers podcast and stuff like that. Oh, if you take a list of the top 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 players in the history of the game, there is not a better teammate than Stephen Curry on that list. There's not a guy that would allow, say, Kevin Durant to come in and take all the shine. Where does Steph finish? Like, for me, I think it's conceivable, people don't agree with this largely, I think it's conceivable it's 5. I think it's some kind of LeBron, Michael, Kareem, I mean, I'm partial to Shaq, Shaq, Steph kind of conversation, I mean. Duncan Robinson's in there. Will Chamberlain's in there? Kobe's in there. Who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting somebody. Bill Russell's in there. I mean, there are names that are in the mix. Larry Bird's in there. Magic Johnson's in there. If I didn't say Magic, I think I think it's I think that's the more interesting debate. Where does Steph finish in the history of the sport?
4: Even if he wins another one, whether it's this year or next year, can he do anything to keep climbing on that list, or is he I think already so. maxed out?
2: I think he can. Right. Like I think. I think Steph can can get to three. I don't think he will, but I think he can get to three or four. Man, Kareem was pretty good. In the same way that Mahomes, I mean, Mahomes can get to one, right? I think that's definite. But the other thing is, let's say Mahomes comes up short of, of what is it, Brady? have seven titles. Let's say Mahomes wins three, but sets all the records. I think there's a conversation about Mahomes at two. For me, Montana's two. I love Dan Orlovsky. We've had him on the show before. He's a great guy. Sometimes, by the way, d is good. Sometimes you just got to say I was wrong. It's okay to forget. It's okay to forget. You just got to get defensive. That's what I do. <laughs> defensive player of the year is Tom DeCellestino. Here's the montage. <laughs> I mean, Mahomes can get to one, but right? But two's possible. Steph can get to five. I think he may be there. And I think, I think three or four is possible. I mean, the guy defines an era. Changed the game. He changed the sport in a way LeBron didn't. Right? He just did. He... Steph changed the game the way that, that Bird and Magic did, the way that, that Jordan did, the way that Dirk did, even though Dirk's not that highly rated. Game changer. All right, I, I'll be doing the show from Radio Row in Phoenix tomorrow. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. Thanks to bogish Thanks to, to Cell. Almost forgot his name, but he's great. See you guys here tomorrow on CBS Sports Radio.